0: You'll get a 20% discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at boncoeur.net. That's B-O-N-C-O-E-U-R dot And use the code BONCOEURCITYCAST20.
1: A Portland-area company is leading the way for a new generation of nuclear power plants. Earlier this year, the U.S. government approved new scale powers design for a small, modular nuclear reactor. But what does that mean exactly? How could it change the world's energy future? And uh, are they safe? Today on CityCast, Portland lead producer John Atariani talks with Reuters energy and environment correspondent Tim Gardner about NewScale's push for a nuclear future. It's Wednesday, May 17th. I'm Claudia Meza. And this is what Portland's talking about.
0: Tim, thanks for being here. John, thank you. So this Portland company, Scale, it's one of the leading companies in the world that's developing what are called small modular nuclear reactors. They're SMRs is the acronym that we're probably going to be saying a lot in this conversation. Why are we even thinking about going back to nuclear power as a country? Like, isn't that kind of out of style?
2: Yeah, well, here in Washington, D.C., it is very much in style, both amongst uh, Republicans, um, to like it because a lot of power plants uh, are in their districts and Democrats are embracing it uh, for the potential it has to one day reduce emissions. The um, The Biden administration also wants to um, make sure that exi- the existing fleet of reactors is um, going to be not closing down, which um, many have been in, in the last decade.
0: Yeah. And what even is a small modular reactor? That's what this company, New Scale, is proposing. How's that different than a normal power plant?
2: Well, that's a great question because um, the the sort of prototype that New Scale is, wants to build by 2029 uh, is not all that small. It's... Um, The individual reactors would be small, they're about 77 megawatts, and the plant they wanna build, uh, this uh, experimental plant at the US National Lab in Idaho, would be six of these reactors together. So that's that's about enough for about 400,000 typical homes.
0: All right, so we're doing a cluster, basically like a six pack of these small reactors as opposed to one giant power plant what's the benefit of a smaller reactor? Like, why, why are we interested in, in designing technology to make a little one as opposed to a big old one?
2: So there are a couple of reasons. They're called modular. The M means that they could be built in factories. Mm. So instead of um, concentrating all this work in some city where they're building a giant reactor, the parts could be made in a factory, and backers say that that will eventually... Uh, put the costs down because you're, you know, the factory knows all the parts to build, kind of like a Lego, and they'll, they'll just ship them off to, um, you know, the next town that wants to build one. The designers have also uh, called these plants passively safe.
0: Okay, that doesn't—that's not an encouraging term. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> so, so
2: what they mean is, if there were to be an incident, uh, let's say an attack on the plant that people could walk away from the plant for 72 hours, it would not need any electricity and it would not need an outside source of water. And one of the worries uh, that happens when the (laughs) nuclear plants get in trouble is that they don't have a water supply and the cooling can't continue, and then you have a meltdown. Um, So these new reactors passively say, backers say, they wouldn't need the power and they wouldn't need the water for 72 hours or so.
0: So basically, uh, it's not really new nuclear technology from what we had in the 1950s. It's more like they're potentially going to be cheaper to build and operate and potentially less prone to like catastrophic
2: failure. Is that right? That's what they are being marketed as. The, um, the prototype plant in Idaho will answer a lot of questions. Well, let's talk a
0: little bit more about the company Scale. The company that is going to be building that uh, basically trial reactor in Idaho. Tell me a little bit more about this company, New Scale, and how they got started here in Portland. I'm sort of surprised to know that we are housing one of the leading nuclear companies in the country right now.
2: Well, uh, it's a company that's been around since around 2007. And it got uh, a bunch of money in 2018 from the Department of Energy and New Scale. Though it is based in Portland, it has a couple different offices uh, throughout the country. And it has become, in recent years, one of the first publicly traded SMR companies.
0: That's the small modular reactor we were talking about earlier.
2: Yes. But it also has ownership by a, a sort of giant engineering company called Fluor. So it's rapidly becoming a larger company with, you know, that's publicly traded and it has a lot of uh, corporate ownership beyond it.
0: Yeah. And they did recently get approval from the government to for their design of these reactors. They're working on, as we mentioned, a, a test reactor basically in Idaho. But but what's their longer plan? Like, where are they eventually hoping that these reactors are going to be used?
2: Well, they want to keep building. Yeah, they are. They are in talks with many countries. Uh, they've been in talks with Ukraine since before the uh, February 2022 invasion by Russia. Oh wow! Okay, just uh, a few weeks ago, Philippines ministers were at the White House and they uh, met with New Scale officials as well. Um, mm-hmm. So Asia, uh, you know, Eastern Europe. And I also saw South
0: Korea. They're talking with South Korea, right? Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. And New Scale's not alone. Uh, Just this month, Westinghouse, also sort of a storied nuclear energy company that did a lot of the early work in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. They announced their first uh, small modular reactor.
0: New Scale really is looking and having meaningful conversations with nations across the globe, to put these smaller nuclear power plants uh, online at some point in the future, um, could we expect to see this sort of SMR power here in the Pacific Northwest too?
2: So, like I said, there's there's dozens of these companies, and they would like to move to more remote locations to get the benefits of what they call you know virtually emissions-free power. You know, the West Coast is. Uh, definitely a place that they're looking and um, they're, they're looking as many places as possible. So mm-hmm. uh, one of the things about going small is that the smaller plants wouldn't need to have as big a radius around them as the big plants. It's sort of a safety zone. The people who want to sell these say that's one advantage that they could fit in smaller communities.
0: I've got to say though, <laughs> there 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 is a, a smaller radius of safety around them, which and 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 you're saying that part of the appeal is that they uh, aren't necessarily going to have the same sort of like cascading catastrophic effects if something were to go wrong. We are still talking about creating nuclear waste here, though, and nuclear waste is nasty stuff. Should we be concerned about the safety of this?
2: That's definitely one of the bigger critiques that opponents have. The New Scale reactor um, uses uranium just like a regular reactor would, and it uh, would create waste as well. Uh, new Scale says it would be contained, that first you have to keep uh, nuclear waste, which nuclear companies call Spent fuel that you have.
0: Love the euphemism. Yeah,
2: (laughs) you'd have to keep it in a a pool of water for a number of years, and then um, sort of in casks right at the site. So you would have nuclear waste at the site, which is radioactive and toxic for hundreds of thousands of years. And there is, I think, what you're alluding to is that there is no permanent place for this to be Mm -hmm. stored. Going back decades, the United States has wanted to put it at Yucca Mountain in, in Nevada, not too far from the casino strip. But funny thing was the politicians in Nevada said, hey, we don't want that here. And the casino uh, moguls um, didn't want trucks or trains going by with equipment and radioactive waste. So yeah,
0: that's- Casino moguls and environmentalists, uh, <laughs> strange bedfellows.
1: <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> But there is no place yet.
1: We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, more from Tim and John about the serious risks of further developing nuclear power.
0: What other risks are people concerned about with nuclear power right now?
2: So some of the designs for small modular reactors or what the industry calls advanced reactors would Use uh, a different kind of uranium that's much higher enriched than what's used in conventional plants or what new scale is looking to use and you know people who are concerned about proliferation are are not happy about this development
0: oh my gosh, so you're saying that theoretically when these more of these nuclear reactors come online they could be making this hyper enriched uranium that could be used for weapons, and that, you know, if it falls into the wrong hands, that could be really apocalyptic.
2: Well, yeah, some of the materials associated with that, um, that's not New Scale's plan, but some of the designs uh, that are being talked about would be using this higher enriched uranium and reprocessing. Yeah.
0: And, you know, even with what New Scale is producing, like I think about um, nuclear waste which exists for hundreds of thousands of years. And you know there's so many different places across the world, whether it's somewhere like the Pacific Northwest, where we could have a major earthquake at any given moment and that waste could spill into the Columbia River or places like Ukraine, which we saw that during the most recent war, Russian forces occupied a nuclear power plant. It just seems like creating more nuclear power across the world, just creates at least the threat of a lot more risk, right?
2: It is quite ironic that uh, Ukraine and you know countries in Eastern Europe are talking about boosting nuclear energy after what we've just seen.
0: And uh, Newskill hopes to have their first test plan open 2029, right? That's right. The thing that I'm curious about is I feel like, at least in terms of the argument, so much of this is about climate change and about, uh, you know, trying to get away from, you know, trying to get to zero carbon emissions in the country and in the world, which is something we absolutely need to do. Um, And nuclear power is being sort of billed as a green energy. But how much of a difference do you think a return to nuclear power is actually going to make in terms of the climate crisis? Like, could this be something that is actually making a big difference in our net emissions across the country and across the world?
2: John, it's a great question. Uh, It's very hard to say. As we've talked about, it takes an awful long time to build these new projects. You have dozens of companies, only one approval so far. And there's people at Stanford University who say, look, solar and wind are getting cheaper by the day, by the week and let's go full in on those, back them up with batteries. Nuclear is wasting our time and money and we should just go into vast wind and solar farms and geothermal and and batteries, and we can do it that way. But nuclear advocates uh, point to how their plants are open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and they're continually putting out power, and, and nuclear can be used in, in, a, in a whole bunch of industries that are really hard to cut emissions from, but that's, that's, it's got a ways to go. Tim, thank you. Thank you, John.
1: And now for your microdose of news. Portland has broken a record for most consecutive days of unusually hot weather in May. Starting this past Friday, every day was above 90 degrees throughout the weekend, ending on Monday afternoon. That's four days of non-stop hot. The previous record was set in 1987, uh, which was only three days. And I have a sinking feeling there's going to be more record-breaking weather-wise in our very near future. And there is a bit of a local uproar over John Mellencamp's new song, The Eyes of Portland. In his latest tune, The Jack and Diane Songwriter decided to take on our city's houseless crisis. He stated he was inspired to do so after meeting a total of one homeless person in Portland. But the official video for the song, which is again about Portland's houseless population, was actually filmed in Los Angeles. And the song itself is just, well, if you were ever a fan, you might have to follow the lead of a fellow city caster who had to revisit his back catalog to just remind themselves why they liked him in the first place. I'm going to end this rant by reading you my favorite tweet so far from Willamette Week reporter Sophie Peel. She wrote, I feel like he stole a third grader's research report on homelessness in Portland and set it to a melody. Got him. For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slims.